Welcome to Unwrapped, a food service podcast by Sand and Vendo America. An honest, insightful look into the issues, challenges, and trends of our industry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unwrapped, a food service podcast brought to you by Sand and Vendo. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of of B2B. Folks, thank you again for joining us on another episode of the podcast. Always a pleasure bringing you the latest insights in the food service industry. Uh, I want to make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so I'll point you in that direction. Make sure that uh, you hit the subscribe button. You can find us by looking up either the podcast name, Unwrapped, or looking up Sand and Vendo on those platforms. Hit that button. And you'll be tuned into previous and upcoming episodes of the show. You can also find this podcast as well as more information about the company and other pieces of content from blogs to videos on our website. That is vendoco.com. Again, vendoco.com. All right, I'm looking forward to today's conversation. Let's go ahead and jump in. We'll start here. So COVID has obviously shaken up the food and beverage industry in ways that we can't quite quantify yet. Shifts in shopping habits, technologies, platforms, and supply chains will leave effects on the industry that we'll feel uh, for years to come. And the same can be said for some of the niche markets within the food and beverage industry. And that, of course, applies to vending machines and vending machine operation as well. So what is consistent across food service venues? I would personally say that uh, for venues, platforms, and projects, there is a desire to go touchless post-COVID. So how viable is touchless technology and the touchless tech vision for vending machines? That's what we're hoping to answer today. We are connecting the dots between touchless tech and the vending industry. So today we're joined by two great guests providing a variety of insights. First, we're joined by Mike Weiser, president and CEO of Sand and Vendo. Mike, great to have you on. How are you doing? Oh man, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you again, Daniel. Uh, I'm uh, plugging away at my Netflix watch list, yes. and uh, we're uh, we're just hunkering down and uh, and masking up. Hey, I I feel that there's been a lot of media consumption here in the uh, voice of B two B household, and uh, staying busy. So I'm I'm with you there. Glad you're staying safe. And then of course we've got a second guest as well for an outside perspective. We're speaking with Juan Jorquera. He's CMO for Vagabond vending. Juan has managed Vagabond's commercial team since the beginning as a founder of the company and helps carry out Vagabond's mission to modernize the vending industry by helping operators reduce the amount of time and effort that it takes to increase their revenue. Juan Jorquera, welcome. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Happy to he- be here with both of you. Thanks of again. Yeah. Uh, you know, as I was prepping for this, looked through your bio, saw that we've got a fellow Colombiano here. I'm also Colombian, so... Oh, awesome. Wonderful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my family's from Bogota. Hey, as is mine. So love that small world. Maybe we'll have to talk a little international perspective on here as well. So <laughs> looking forward to jumping in. All right, Juan and Mike, let's get into the main topic. Again, we are intersecting uh, the worlds of touchless technology and vending machines uh, and general uh, future-focused conversation around how these two might come together in a post-COVID reality. So let's start by just better understanding where touchless tech is at. Uh, can you both help us track the growth of touchless technology 
before COVID. So, you know, if we remove COVID out of the mix, how was touchless technology developing? Give us a recap of the last five years of development and, and mass market applications. Well, I can uh, go ahead and, and, you know, address where it stood in the in vending industry. And to be quite honest, pre-COVID, touchless really didn't exist in, in any scale in, in this space. Uh, not to say that it wasn't there, uh, for the most part, it was it was really it really hadn't you know developed as a um, as something that was uh, widespread or deployed. Yeah, I would agree with what Mike said. Um, to my knowledge, it wasn't really available in the U.S. Um, in China, yes, but as we know, China is a very different market. I mean, there you don't even need a phone to make purchases at some machines. You can make purchases just through facial recognition software, but um, of course, that's caveated with the fact that privacy concerns aren't really a, a thing. Personal privacy isn't really a thing over there. So given the U.S. market, it's been available. So we at Vagabond, we launched Vive, our touchless vending um, platform. It's over three years now. And just like Mike said, it hasn't really, it hadn't been adopted because there wasn't a huge reason for people to implement it. So COVID has kind of changed the entire landscape. And now the technology that's been a, a, available for over three years is now getting um, a lot more attention. So then how far along would you say touchless technology is uh, within vending applications? And has it grown in vending applications naturally as a place where touchless uh, has innovated? Or uh, is touchless tech uh, being implemented for vending applications uh, as sort of a, a, a repurposing of touchless innovations in other industries? You know, I would, I would probably say that, quote, air quotes, touchless, in vending is really just kind of a rebranding of, of something that we're all you know extremely familiar with in e-commerce. And if we take that that concept of of being able to review products on your phone, choose the location, uh, make the purchase, and simply transfer that to the vending application, it seems to make sense. So it's I, I would say it's repurposing an old concept, and by old, I mean not that old, but an older concept into a vending application. So it's really well you know, adopted by the, by the consumer. It makes sense to them. And, and the touchless aspect is, is really just one small component of what Vive and Vagabond offers to the vending operators. So to piggyback on what Mike said really quickly, I totally agree with you, Mike, as far as touchless just being a natural extension of the convenience and service that vending already provides. There are a lot of trends in the marketplace that show that consumers are ready and welcoming of touchless and unattended retail in particular, right? Like you have a lot of younger people in particular that actually prefer self-checkout to a cashier, let's say, um, at grocery stores. And, and then when you layer that on top of the fact that over half of the U.S. workforce is now made up of millennials or younger workers who also prefer self-checkout and unattended retail versus, you know, having a cashier, let's say, um, it, it just it's, it's a perfect 
skip and a jump to touchless vending. Vending is really cool um, and special because I think of vending as being almost a future-proof industry in that it has always been ahead of the curve as far as offering that unattended retail experience and that convenience that people have come to expect um, from vending machines. And so just layering on the touchless aspect of it really, I think, completes that full circle experience where now, you know, if people were already having that convenient experience of getting that snack product, headphones, whatever it is you need at that vending machine, instead of having to get in your car and go, you know, to the convenience store or to um, your electronics store, whatever it might be. Well, now that convenience has been brought to you and now you can just use your phone to make that purchase. So that's like really powerful. uh, And I think a very easy step for the consumer to make on the operator side, what Mike was mentioning is that the technology behind Vive brings a lot to the table for the actual vending operators that are operating on already thin margins. And so, for example, by implementing the Vive cashless technology platform, they're able to now price items to the penny. They can actually charge sales tax to the consumer instead of eating that cost, which is what they've always had to do. You don't, as a consumer, even think about the fact that you're intrinsically paying sales tax on those products that you're purchasing from the machine because the vending operator is pricing that into the cost at that machine. So now they can they can remotely price those machines from wherever they are, which of course it becomes even more relevant during uh, the pandemic. They can price to the penny. They can schedule dynamic pricing. So for example, if an operator is noticing that, hey, on Thursday evenings, my sales dip significantly, or maybe you know these particular products are not selling um, the way I'd like, well, now they can, through the Vive application, they can schedule dynamic pricing so that the cost of different you know, items or at different machines goes down, let's say, if they want to increase those sales. And then, of course, they can also promote specific items. They can partner with the product manufacturers to potentially promote new products uh, at specific machines. Um, maybe like I mentioned, they want to increase sales of specific products and they can actually engage directly with the consumer, which is something that's never been doable before in the vending industry in particular. So up to now, the status quo has been that stuff is selling from machines and the best that we can do as an industry is know when that item may have been purchased and for how much, but now with Vive, we can actually empower the operators a little bit more as well as the, as well as the food um, and product manufacturers to actually know who might be buying the stuff um, at the machines and when and at what price point. And, oh, does that potentially tie to another product uh, that that brand owns that, that they can cross promote? So there's that ability that is now provided to operators that hasn't been available before. Um, And touchless is just kind of like the entryway into all of those benefits for the industry at large. Yeah, and those intersecting benefits, I think, are uh, at the core 
of what a lot of these uh, cutting-edge technologies are really bringing to the table for retailers, for convenience stores, for uh, business owners and operators in the food and beverage space. You know, though they provide an aesthetic and a, a functional uh, sort of op- operational benefit, there can usually be more strategy around them as well. And I think that's being brought to the table early on in the design process and the uh, strategic implementation process as Touchless is developed or any other number of kiosk technologies or even touchscreen technologies. Anything that digitizes a lot of the experience usually is is bringing uh, creative marketing and advertising potential as well as loyalty programs and IoT into the mix as well. So it's exciting to see that this is being brought to uh, to the vending space as well. However, I am wondering, do you think that even with all of these benefits and based on the trajectory and where the market is at pre and and mid-COVID, is touchless technology ready to deploy at scale uh, across varying vending use cases? Why or why not? You know, what what are your thoughts on on scaled deployment and any uh, potential opportunities or challenges? Well, I I can say that... um as far as scalability goes, as long as Vagamon can supply us with the insight boxes that make our machines intelligent, we can produce all the vending machines <laughs> you can uh, you can take. So uh, write me a purchase order, Daniel. <laughs> Love it. All right, let me bust out the checkbook real quick. Yeah, and and you know the the the, the vending industry in in North America currently has about uh, 4.3 million vending machines in operation, uh, and that covers everything from uh, you know, our our Pepsi and Coke and Dr. Pepper Keurig cold drink beverage machines, uh, food and snack machines, earbud and iPad dispensing machines. Uh, there's there's a lot. And, and the overwhelming majority of uh, are capable of having this this technology uh, upgraded on onto those units. So once we consider not just new production machines, but the ability to deploy on on existing units, uh, we have a little bit clearer image of the scalability of of touchless throughout our markets. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with with Mike. the The technology is available, and it has been available and compatible with, as far as all of the existing machines out there, with eighty to ninety percent of the machines already out in the field. Partnering with Sand and Vendo makes that scalability and that deployment even easier because they do have hundreds of thousands of machines out there already, and we're able to tackle the right machines in partnership with the operators, with the accounts that know they need touchless, and just you know go at them in, in a methodical uh, and scalable way. So definitely agree with Mike that the, the technology is ready, the consumers are ready. Now we're basically at a point where it is just about getting the technology out in the hands of the operators and helping them uh, deploy both to their existing machines as well as through their through their new machines, which is, of course, much easier since, like Mike said, um, those machines are coming off the line Vive ready and Vive capable. Yeah, Vagabond has done a, a really good job uh, packaging their technology in a way that makes it very easy for the OEM to deploy it during production for new orders, and then also be able to make it available to retrofit existing machines. So we, 
you know, done our best as the technology supplier and as the OEM uh, to make it as easy as possible for, for the operator and, and remove the barriers of entry to market. I want to take a step back now uh, and just chat a little more broadly about how COVID has impacted the vending industry uh, so we can get a better sense for uh, how touchless technology is being implemented and uh, sort of reacting to current market dynamics. So let's just start generally. How has COVID impacted the vending industry? Everything from its B2B relationships between industries like, you know, convenience stores, sporting venues, etc., as well as, uh, you know, relationships for sourcing and maintaining them, impacting the industry in terms of technology, future developments. What are y'all's thoughts there? I know that's kind of a a wide open question, but uh, just looking to hear, you know, the inside perspective there. No, I, it's, it's, it's a great question. You know, as the equipment manufacturer, our B2B relationship is, is usually with the, the, the manufacturer of the product, you know, the, the company that makes the beverage, the company that is making the, the candy bar, company that's, that's making the salad. And it's up to those companies to have the relationship with, with the actual venue or the, the, the vending operator and the location. And we're very cognizant that that their relationship with the venue is very impactful to our business. And so we, we care very deeply about, about the success of, of our customers and, and their relationships with the venues because, you know, let's be honest, of, of the 4.3 million machines that are in North America, let's take a moment to think about the, the typical location or the typical venue. Uh, it's college campuses, it's airports, it's schools, it's hotels. And people aren't traveling much these days, and kids are going to school online. And so it's, it's greatly reduced the amount of traffic and, and revenue that, that a vending machine typically creates. But I think Juan will be able to speak about how we can make the machines more accessible uh, to impact the, uh, the revenue of the, the vending operator and ergo the, the product manufacturers. Yeah, no, totally. I can I can add a little bit of a, of the operator perspective here. So one thing I haven't mentioned is that Vagabond's core product and service that we provide, uh, and and the way we started out originally is a inventory management solution for vending operators. So we have about two hundred fifty operators that primarily use our services to better operate and manage their operation from a a day-to-day perspective. So they're using our technology to know exactly how full each of their machines are, exactly how many of every single item are in any machine at any given moment in time. And then, of course, that way they're able to manage their um, operation in a just-in-time inventory management type of way, right? And so Vive has just been kind of the natural progression for us as far as expanding our abilities and our services to our customers. And what we learned as a result of COVID is that as far as our about 250 operators across the the North America go, their sales uh, in aggregate sales dropped at their lowest point mid-April by about 70% of where sales were pre-COVID. So exactly to Mike's point, you know, those operators where they have a lot of business concentrated in accounts 
that are very affected, like those non-essential non offices, the schools, the public entertainment venues, they've been the most impacted. And so through our data, we've seen that as the country continues to recover, the sales across, you know, the revenues across the board for our customers have inched up, um, but they're still down by about 50 to 55% um, of where they were pre-COVID. And so just through our customers' sales data, we're able to kind of, in a way, track the economic recovery and see what that impact has been um, to their businesses as well at a broader scale to the economy at large, because it, I think vending is really cool and it, it's very special in that it is a very behind the scenes industry that no one ever thinks about until you're kind of in the industry in one way or another. And it's one of those things where there's a vending machine almost anywhere and we take that for granted. And now um, being an insider in the industry, it's very interesting to see how we're able to to really see the impact of the virus um, at a macroeconomic scale um, through the experiences of our customers. Mike, you know, as a manufacturer of vending machines, what has the response been like for y'all? Just to further contextualize some of this and, and ground our conversation. Well, I mean, you can imagine when uh, when a customer's revenues are down seventy one percent. Guess what they're not doing? They're not ordering uh, new equipment or investing in, in new technology. Uh, so it's it's been uh, it, it's been an interesting uh, an interesting go. Fortunately for us here at San Invento America, about fifty percent of our revenue uh, comes from other streams within the, the convenience industry, like uh, convenience stores and, and small format retail. So we we are uh, we are still able to uh, to keep our employees working. And, uh, and, and make sure that we're here for our customers that, that are experiencing those, those deficits and then keeping the days busy by working with great partners like Vagabond to, uh, to find solutions to, to impact their day-to-day -day business during, during the pandemic. Juan, I want to turn it back to you for a sec. I want to take the responses that you've broken down now and uh, contextualize them a little bit around the solutions that Vagabond is bringing to the industry. Based on some of those uh, macroeconomic trends that you're seeing from your customers due to COVID, how have your solutions, I guess, adapted or evolved to match these new needs for uh, your customers, for vending machine operators and manufacturers? We at Vagabond, we've been in an interesting place in that we already had the technology that was perfectly suitable for the situation already. And it was, for the most part, ignored, um, just being totally honest. And I think it's because at the end of the day, you know, Vive and, and touchless vending, it's a really cool experience. Anyone that interacts with a machine that has our technology, when they do it for the first time, their eyes light up. Because I think of it almost like that experience when you're playing the, um, the claw game at an amusement's type of place and you get that plush toy and then you see it drop in the bin. It's a very similar experience when people buy something from a machine through their phone and then their eyes light up because it's just, it's just really cool, right? Like we as humans think that machines are 
really exciting, especially when they're getting us our favorite snack or drink that we that we've been craving. And now that thing is just vending and dispensing on its own without me having to touch the machine. It's kind of like a magical experience. So the consumers have been ready. Um, the challenge has always been helping the industry and the operators adopt the technology. And so now we're in a place where the industry is, it's, it's still early days, like the operators and accounts are still very much in their fact finding phase of figuring out, you know, what touchless solutions are available, um, how necessary are they at their accounts and at their, you know, clients, uh, places of work. And then how do the available solutions play in to providing that improved service? So for us, we've always at a core been helping our operators manage their businesses more efficiently through our technology. An operator that goes from, you know, nothing, AKA, um, I go service these accounts because it's Tuesday, uh, and I'm using my best estimates based on you know, all the knowledge I have to go service that machine versus using our inventory management solution to really go at the right time with the right stuff, they're able to triple to quintuple their profitability. And so when you layer on the, the capability of the touchless technology, it starts opening up new, new revenue streams for the operators, because the cool thing about what we do, and I think Mike may have touched on this, is that at its core, Vive is really just an instantaneous e-commerce transaction. So if you're comparing it to, you know, buying stuff online, it's exactly the same thing, except at a more localized level, which means that technology can be applied in more ways than just vending. And so our platform is also being used by those same vent, traditionally vending machine operators to now offer other services to their clients, including, you know, they may operate a cafeteria or something like that. Well, that's a concern now. And even self-checkout um, kiosks are a concern because we still have to touch them, right? Well, now with Vive, the employees and, and consumers can actually order from those cafeterias ahead of time through the app and all of, you know, all of the food and beverage can be prepared and all they have to do is walk up, show their receipt on their phone with a picture of them on it to the cashier or whoever's there um, and grab their bag and go. And there are tons of different applications, you know, just like um, using Vive for order to your seat, like when baseball stadiums and arenas and public entertainment places like that open up, technologies like Vive, I think, are going to be really important. And so our whole goal with the, with the touchless vending platform is not only for it to be just a vending, uh, a touchless vending application for our industry, but also to help them evolve and scale and grow their revenue stream so that they become more diversified in how they're, you know, getting their revenue um, and also profiting more because now they can also sell stuff that isn't just snacks and drinks. They can sell other profitable, high margin product uh, out of machines and also, you know, in, in, other, in other ways, just like I said, by partnering with restaurants and, and really offering other ways for, 
for consumers to use the same exact platform, but in more ways that benefit the vending operators. Juan, just to to take all the different pieces of our conversation and bring them together, where does Touchless play into the solutions and the vision that you have for uh, supporting the vending machine industry right now? Uh, is it a, a active part of your strategy? Uh, is it something that you think is going to lead the industry moving forward? Or, you know, even though it is uh, a potentially beneficial integration, is it still something that is sort of sitting on the edge of the industry right now? That's a great question. Um, I think I think what will end up happening is that the pandemic will, uh, I think COVID will force a lot of operators, but not even operators as much as their accounts, their workplaces that they service to seek touchless solutions, to minimize health risks, to minimize anxieties for staff and employees and just consumers in general to feel more comfortable with vending machines. You know, if, if, if sales are still down by 50% to where they were pre-COVID, then I've got to believe that some of that is due in part to the public perception uh, and hesitancy to interact with public public pieces of equipment, right? Whether it's that self-checkout kiosk at the grocery store or it's a vending machine at your office that you have grown used to interacting with. I think we're going to find out in these next six months what the answer to your question is. It's like I like I mentioned earlier, I think traditionally it's, an, it's a wait and see industry that is slow to adopt technology. But once let's say 10 to 15% of those operators adopt it, it seems to kind of take off from there. And we've seen this in the past in our industry with, for example, credit card readers um, on machines where the operators were, were very weary and leery of embracing them. And then at a certain point, there's like an, an inflection point where all of a sudden everyone starts to just it, it just makes sense. Things click and the operators realize based on the data out there that now it's a must do rather a rather an option. It's kind of like they have to do it at the right places. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen um, as far as touchless vending goes. You know, Vive may not be perfect for that mall or that parking garage because there are less people in those locations to begin with now, given the pandemic. But your schools, your universities, your hospitals, your your offices, your essential businesses, um, where people are still going and are frequently at, right? Sometimes even more than they're at home. Um, I think Touchless is, is going to really take off in those locations first and then go from there because it just makes a lot of sense to deploy at those locations where you have the same people almost every day of the week frequenting that machine or that break room already. And given the demographics, we also know that, uh, you know, a majority of the workforce is younger now. Um, they are millennials or younger, and those same consumers are more open to and actually often prefer a uh, 
an unattended retail experience rather than a human manned uh, retail experience. So I think a lot of the macro trends are playing to touchless vending's favor. And I think that the pandemic will be, you know, what tips the scales in that direction. And in five years, I, I think I would expect for a lot of machines um, and not just vending machines, honestly, but a lot of retail to go in the direction of touchless. As a manufacturer of vending machines for 83 years, I can tell you that Sand and Vendo America is extremely optimistic about the future of, of touchless. You know, as, as an example, I was one of those guys pre-COVID where I would look at people wiping down their shopping carts and think, oh, great, you know, you're you're the reason why we have gluten-free and uh, my children can't take a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to school anymore. Uh, and now I couldn't imagine touching a shopping cart without bathing it in sanitizer. And if I never had to touch another shopping cart uh, again, I, I wouldn't do it. The same thing applies to a vending machine. We know how the pandemic is spread. We know that the COVID-19 virus can live on services up to three days. And if you never had to touch another vending machine again, without losing all the benefits and convenience of a vending machine, why wouldn't you? It just, it, it makes perfect sense. And in uh, this technology of, of touchless uh, allows us to address this once and for all. All right, y'all. I think that more or less wraps up our conversation today on touchless in the vending machine industry. Any final thoughts? So I've had the, uh, the opportunity to join uh, our last global video sales conference, and I can tell you what my sales team is, is reporting back, why they're so excited. Having a, a Vive-enabled vending machine uh, really touches on, on three super important components. One is that it addresses the, the demand for uh, public safety uh, and, and removing those common touch contact points and making the machine touchless. Uh, the second thing that uh, Juan mentioned earlier is that, and I, I, can't, I can't express the importance of this enough, uh, it passes the liability of taxes from the vending operator to the consumer as it is in every other consumer transaction. What this means is, is you can basically walk up to the vending operator and say, hey, how would you like to increase your gross profits by 8.25% or whatever the tax rate is in, in their state and locality? That's huge. That is huge. As the CEO of a company, if someone came up to me and said they could increase my gross profit by 8.25%, I would, I would be indebted. <laughs> and the last and probably the most important thing that uh, a Vive-enabled vending machine provides for is information. And information is power. It provides the, the vending operator and the product maker uh, with consumer demographics, their buying habits, what they're purchasing, when they're purchasing, who's purchasing it. And, and that information is invaluable to, uh, to the product manufacturers and, and to the vending operators. And, and as a testament to that, just look at the loyalty programs. Uh, retail establishments are tripping over themselves to give you discounts and cash back for you to join their loyalty programs so they can learn about your buying habits and your trends and the demographics and have access to that information. And it's no different with vending. Uh, that information is just absolutely critical, and it's and it's really not being provided at this point. But now we have the opportunity to uh, to offer that to to our customers, and we're really excited. Yeah, if I could piggyback on that really quickly, Mike and Daniel, I would even add 
to your point, Mike, about information and knowledge is power, the Vive application also does the same thing on the consumer end in that now we're able to um, communicate as an industry to the consumers before they make the purchase exactly what they're getting out of that machine because through Vive, they're able to have access to nutritional information um, as far as calories and ingredients that are in the products that they are purchasing. So they can actually review and look at all of that information before walking up to the machine from the comfort of their desks or wherever it is that they are in that vicinity. And then um, also piggybacking on uh, Mike's other point, we're actually on the Vagabond side, we are partnering with some product brokers. So they're the guys that work with the product manufacturers and then sell to the vending operators. Um, so they're kind of the middleman in a way, whenever the, the product uh, manufacturers don't sell directly to the operators. We're working with those guys to offer rebates, which is really big in the vending industry, to offer rebates um, back to the operators that sell those products through Vive. Because with Vive, well, now that broker or that product manufacturer actually knows that their products are selling through the vending channel and they can use that information and leverage it however they'd like. And since the operators are the ones enabling that through their machines, you know, they deserve to get paid a little bit for providing that information to those product manufacturers. So we are really excited to kind of provide that information and that knowledge on both sides, both to the consumers as well as to the operators and product manufacturers. I, I think that uh, that concludes our thoughts well, and I, I appreciate both of y'all joining us here on the podcast. Again, we've been chatting with Mike and Juan. Mike is the president and CEO of San Invendo, Juan, CMO for Vagabond Vending. I appreciate both of you joining us on the podcast, giving us your overview of the impact of touchless tech on uh, the vending machine industry, how the vending industry has responded to COVID and uh, ways that those two disparate issues are intersecting. So thanks again, both of you, for joining us on the podcast, and I look forward to speaking to both of you again soon. Thank you. Take care, guys. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Unwrapped, a food service podcast brought to you by Sand and Vendo. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified with previous and upcoming episodes of the show. You can also find our podcast on our website at vendoco.com. Again, vendoco.com. There you can find this podcast, of course, and more information about our services and other content like blogs, articles, and video content. So thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.